0: It's time to place your bets. Let's talk to the pros. Welcome in everybody to Betting Pros. It's me, Joey P, Joe P Zapia, and we got a great show for you today because a third of the Major League Baseball season is in the books. If you can oh. believe it already, we got two thirds left, but it's an important time to take a pause and kind of take the temperature. Where are we right now in the MLB season? But more importantly, Where are we with our MLB future? So I wanted to bring in one of my absolute favorite people to talk to about wagering and certainly about baseball as well. Uh, Yes, his name is also Joe. That doesn't hurt either. You might know him from Wager Talk, from Sirius XM Radio Channel 204, and of course, all the stuff he does at Sports Grid, because he's on everything, everywhere, all the time. He's the one, the only Joe Ranieri.
1: Joe, welcome to the program, my friend. How are you? Joe, I love it, because it covers the whole room right now. It's fantastic. Joe P., it is a pleasure to be back with you, my friend. You look fantastic. And congratulations on the show, man. Very nice. Look at us.
0: Still kicking around after all this time. A year ago, we were laughing before the show, because a year ago at this time, Joe and I were working together during the pandemic, and part of a network that was running... By the, I don't know, by the seat of its pants it was flying, I guess you could say. It was all new to everybody, and here we are a year later, and all of this this technological advancements, doing shows remotely and all these things, it's like second nature now. And it's just so funny how the difference a year makes, man. And uh, I know uh, for you, you know, with your New York Yankees, I know it's been a tough road here in the month of May, but May's over, we're on to June. In the words of Bill Belichick, we're on the Cincinnati, so I won't mm-hmm. dive too much. I don't want to hit any sore points with you. But let's start, if we may, with the National League MVP race, because I think this is a fascinating one. And once again, if you go to bettingpros.com, you can see the consensus of all the different books, where you can get which bet, which wager. And what we do here is we give mm-hmm. you the consensus number Basically, what the average is across the board. So right now, Ronda Cooney is plus two hundred on consensus betting pros. Then you got Fernando Tatis Jr., who may or may not go on the IL with this little bit of a tightness in his side. I I tell you what, Joe, I hate that word oblique. I don't want anybody to say it to me ever. As soon as I hear it, I know I'm not going to see nope. that player for six to eight weeks. Let's hope for the best, but he's plus 300. Then you have Jacob deGrom, who just came back from injury at plus 1,300. Nolan Arenado's at 1,300 and Juan Soto's at 17. Juan Soto's going to heat up. That number is going to probably uh, decrease for him in terms of odds. But right now, is it a two-horse race or can you really start to make a case for deGrom? Because his number's gone up exponentially after the injury but he's doing something that nobody else is doing. When he takes that mound, Joe, he's going out there, he's throwing 100 miles an hour, you know, 30 pitches in a row, and it's nuts, and I'm exaggerating, but slightly. So what's your take yep. on NL MVP so far?
1: Uh, listen, there's nothing not to like about Acuna, right? Is he 22, 23 years right. old? The numbers are astonishing, uh, but unfortunately, he's on a team that is about as big a underperformer, certainly offensively, as the New York Yankees uh, have been in many aspects of it. Um, he too, had a, he was dealing with that injury back and forth and I'm with you when I hear that word oblique, I'm, I'm worried that I'm going to have 70, 65, 70% of what that player could be and, and should be because it's a, certainly an injury that never goes away. And, uh, the only thing that prevents it or lets it go away is rest. And mm. that's not good for, uh, anybody. And then when you got a guy who swings and his shoulder pops out, that's a different story. But to me, the focus is on DeGrom. It's all uh, DeGrom. You can't watch Garrett Cole, and, and we'll talk about the big guns, right? So mm-hmm. you got Garrett Cole uh, up at the top of everyone's list, and you've got, uh, you know, Bueller. You've got some of these frontline top pitchers, and watching them on any given Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and you watch DeGrom, you tell me it's just not different. Like you you think it doesn't get any better than like Garrett Cole you got 300 right. million dollars he's our number one you watch DeGrom watch yeah. the the mannerisms of his teammates around him when he takes uh when he takes them out what he just did to Arizona in his last start was it was ridiculous i mean he struck out five of the first eight guys he, 100 miles an hour 101 101 all the way and minute. it's a an slider
0: that's the thing that's crazy to me is that it's so easy looking. You know, you see these guys with the max effort velocity, yep. Yep. but not Degrom. It just looks so effortless. And, and, you know, this is why I love doing these shows once a month. We try to like update everybody on this because it's such a fluid thing Degrom at one point was I've saw in some books somewhere around four to one, five to yep. one for this award. He has the injury that it sets him back a little bit. Now you're some spots again, 13 to one, you're getting this. And look, I, I know Acuna has been consistent and maybe that will get yeah. rewarded Tatis overcoming the shoulder overcoming covid if he <laughs> hopefully this injury doesn't keep him off the sh- on the shelf very long but uh, I wonder if we're in route for a 30 30 30 season from Tatis where 30 home runs 30 steals and 30 days on the IL nobody's ever done that if he does that I don't know how you don't give him the award but I, I agree. I'm kind of with you that DeGrom is fascinating and this is obviously the time right if you think DeGrom is back and
1: being DeGrom again 13 to 1 seems like the spot to get in right Absolutely, I'm kind of upset that he didn't grab it ahead of time. Because the, listen, this is the problem with guys like the Grom, the truly elite of the elite. Right? We take we tend to take them for granted, not only as fans, but certainly as betters in many aspects too. When we see them, and it's hard to take a step back and just see he's different. Everything about him is different when he's pitching in a game, when he's on the mound. Um, his, his teammates are different. The team he's playing has that. You see it, Joe. They have that certain look in there. I uh, like, I gotta go up. I, I gotta go and, and try and hit this. You don't get that. Uh, it's once in a generation kind. And because he's on the Mets and because they never score any runs for him, or at least that's the MO. We oh, it's tend the truth? To, I'm a Mets fan. I can tell you. Yeah. yeah you take it's, it for granted. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You it's don't absolutely appreciate crazy. it. Yep, well, and you speaking of uh, getting in at the right time, now, I got in on my shares of Shohei Otani at six and a half <laughs> That's where I got them at. Now, I, I had an inkling when it was up at 20 before the season. And I got to tell you, in the American League, even with that, I said, look, I got to see it a little bit more. Yep. But then I jumped in, and it was before Trout got hurt. And then when Trout got hurt, I knew that number, that was gone. You're never going to yep. see that six again. In the American League, right now, the consensus number at Shoei Ohtani, again, before the season started, was around the 20s. Now it's plus 120. Vlad Guerrero Jr., who just looked like he's playing out of his mind right now, an incredible hot streak. He's at plus 275. Trout's falling back to the pack with the rest of the guys. He's at plus 17. To me, this is that two-man race. And I posed this question this morning on the baseball show on Fantasy Pros, and I'm curious to hear your answer. Even if Vlad hits 30-something home runs this year Mm -hmm. and Ohtani hits 30-something, Otani always has that trump card, which is, oh yeah, and I'm pitching too, by the way. How can anyone compete with that if Otani can take the ball about every fifth day and throw 120-something innings this year? Can anybody compete with that?
1: If I have to go look at film that is uh, basically silent and black and white to see the last player in major league baseball that was both <laughs> that was hitting both pitching and playing the field, then you have something very special here. The problem is we know the injury history, right? You know, mm-hmm. how healthy can he be? One of the other big questions was: were they gonna be were they gonna baby him? You know, how much were they gonna use him? Were they gonna be extra careful with him? What was Madden gonna do with him? So far, they've done a massive job. The guy, I mean, his power numbers are ridiculous, home runs. Uh, but his pitching, too, when, when he's on the mound. When you get a guy on the mound pitching and then they bring in a relief pitcher and they send you to right field, it's like shades of 12-year-old Little League again. Oh, yeah. Like, all right, great job, Joey. You're great now. Go play left field. Like, what? <laughs> like, what are we doing right now? That's what you have. The problem I have, Buddha Joe is that, and I think there will continue to be value with him because he plays for the Angels. Right. And he's never going to be front page news there being in the same town as the Dodgers. It's just not going to happen. So I don't think half this country even realizes how special what he's doing is because the Angels and uh, the big markets pay no attention to.
0: Oh, if this was happening in New York or Boston or Chicago, forget it. Uh, yep. forget it. Absolutely. It'd be a whole, it, it there would be statues already built to him. Two statues, one for the pitcher, right. one for the hitter. They would be all kinds of different things. Unreal. Uh, but that it is, it is an unreal thing. It's, and, and it's just baseball is hard. You know, I know we played the game. It is hard. He makes it look so easy and it is insane right now. Now, in terms of the National League Cy Young, look, we all think Jacob DeGroma, the fact that it's only minus 167, I think is actually kind of ludicrous. Uh, The other guys out there, Corbin Burns and Woodruff, Jack Flaherty was at 18 to one Woods and uh, Burns and Woodruff were in that seven Mm -hmm. to seven and a half range. I really have a hard time looking for anybody, so I don't really want to waste anybody's time with long shots and stuff like that. Burns has been terrific. Bauer's been good too, but DeGrom is just in a different universe. The American League, it feels like Garrett Cole right now. He's at minus 148. Then you got Shane Bieber at plus 400. You got Tyler Glass now at 650. And then you got Lance Lynn at plus 14. And Carlos Rodano's at a brilliant season at plus mm-hmm. 18. Now, awards are always media driven, they're narratives, right? That's why the Yotani narrative, especially with Trout going down, is such a good narrative. Is there another narrative to be built besides Garrett Cole right now in the American League? Because Glasnow in the Rays, it kind of feels like that could be one, and 650 is a fascinating spot to be in. That's the one that I've kind of got circled right now, because he's kind of getting it done, and I don't think people are really noticing, but it feels like it's starting to build momentum. What are your thoughts on him, or is it just, again, Garrett Cole's to lose, basically?
1: It's always going to be Garrett Coles to lose because he's a Yankee. So let's be realistic Mm. with that. And again, just a a cut above. But the interesting part about Glass now coming into the season was how is he going to react being the number one? You know, he was behind Snell. Um, So he didn't have as much pressure there. Plus, you play at the drop. Uh, it doesn't get any better for pitchers there than the the trop. I mean, I wouldn't want to be uh, a hitter and have to play my games at the trop in Tampa. It's a terrible ballpark uh, and certainly not one that's inducive to a whole lot of offense. So I think he's got that going for him. But who knew when you're going up against the two and threes? Now you got to go up against the number ones. What were we going to get from him? And uh, the answer is pretty simple. I mean, he's been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Rendonta, um uh, Carlos Rondon Carl, has uh, Radon has been unbelievable to me, especially the backstory with this guy. Not oh, one, yeah. what two shoulder, um, you know, surgeries. He had elbow. He, I mean, this guy was trying and trying and trying and trying to get there. And uh, just what a year and a half ago or so, they were like, eh, we don't know if he's going to be able to come back. We don't know what his career is going to be like. And what we're seeing from him this year is unbelievable. Dare I say, um, million times better than Giolito. What we're seeing uh, from him? Yeah, Gio's picked it up a control. little bit. Yeah, Gio's yeah. picked it up a little bit recently. He had
0: yep. a bad stretch there. He had that bad day game in Boston, and then that spiraled yep. to another start. And then he had an injury thing, and then it was like a yep. rain game. He had like the worst run there, but that's all coming back to earth. And it's funny, as great as the Rodon story has been he's probably still not going to win comeback player of the year because of Trey Mancini. Like that's the thing you want to look for odds on that. I don't know why I haven't looked at them today, but I can't imagine they're not in the negative (laughs) in terms of Trey Mancini. I I agree. He's been brilliant.
1: And, and right, I don't want really to go on a thing, but Gaussman yeah. too. Anybody see that coming from the, the the Giants this year? The whole Giants rotation, him,
0: Alex but, Wood, you got Logan Webb striking out 10 guys. It's uh, been madness there yep. uh, and good on Gausman. And you know what? Yes. B- bad job on the Orioles who continue to show you that they have no idea how to develop pitching for nope. the last decade. It's been crazy. Yep. Uh, Cabrian Hayes still leads everybody in terms of rookie of the year in mm-hmm. consensus wagering, which I think is hilarious. Uh, Ian Anderson's at plus 600. Dylan Carlson's at plus 700. I kind of like, I mean, Ian Anderson, that dude's just basically gone out there and just been great every single start for the most part. He's not going to give you seven, eight innings because of where he's at. And I don't know what he's going to look like come August and September. But right now, I think the six to one is actually one of the more intriguing wagers on this award futures kind of slate and Hayes hasn't played all year. So I don't know. I mean, I know Carlson's a good player. He's a position player, but it kind of feels like Ian Anderson's to lose. What's your thoughts on this?
1: Absolutely. I I think the kid has got a tremendous, and I mean, an absolute tremendous um, future ahead of him. I think he's in the right organization at the right time. He's going to get, and I think this is going to be important too, as we get a little bit closer after the all-star break, he's going to get a lot of National exposure, too, uh mm-hmm. come that time, Bob, uh, because he's going to be pitching some meaningful games here when you get into August and September. Um, they are going to need him. But there's nothing not to like his. Metrics are fantastic. The numbers are really good. Had a little bit of a rough outing last time out. But, you know, he is a kid that if they can get it together, certainly offensively over there, um, he is going to he's gonna be up there because, really, who else – who else is there? I and mean, you don't really
0: see a lot of National League rookies coming through that pipeline this year. Nope. Whereas in the American League, when you look over there, right now, you're still waiting on Wander Franco, who's a 10-to-1. Right. Jared right. Kellner came up. He's 10-to-1. Yep. Randy Rosarena is the clear favorite, plus 300, 350, rather. yeah, yep. but, but we just had Alec Manoa come up last week, have his debut Good. in Yankee Stadium. Good point. We'll see how he makes his second start and a third start and what, not how that goes. That boy's a
1: hoss. I will tell you right now.
0: Uh, that you know what? I, I think I, the
1: Jets signed him. I, I'm not <laughs>
0: I, sure. I think- <laughs> he might be the right guard for the Jets in the offseason. It's very possible. Woo. I don't know, yes. but what I do know is I think the American League is a little bit more fluid right now. The National League. I like Ian Anderson. Right. Rosa reina has been there from day one. I can understand him being the favorite, but even so that plus 350, that's a pretty good number on a Rosa Rosarena. If you don't want to wait for Wander Franco and Vidal Bujon and those guys right. to come up for the raise, but do you think it's worth waiting on? Or do you speculate now on those rays, hoping to hit on a Wander Franco in the second half, just coming up and being dazzling?
1: It, it, it's we're gonna find out. It, you bring up a good point there, though. I I would tend to jump on that because of the nature of that a, award too. And I don't. Mm-hmm. To me, the fact that we're even talking about two or three guys means there's really no clear cut, you know, heads and tails above anything else here. But I do think uh, we're just two months into the season. I do think. Franco and uh, and others have a chance to make a really big push uh, for this award, including Anderson there. I think there's going to be an opportunity to get uh, to get a little votes as uh, as the season moves on. But I'm looking forward to tell you the truth. It's the next generation. I'm looking forward to seeing even at the end of year. forget the award. I can't wait to see who's left standing among these uh, among these players at the end. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun that American League East, too, because we've got oh! the Rays
0: right now. Boom. Plus 150. The Yankees plus 160. This is to win the division. And the Red Sox sitting all the way back at plus 385, mm-hmm. which is and I understand why they're not getting respect. And I and I think it's because you look at that rotation. You worry, is it a paper tiger? Mm-hmm. The bullpen's been brilliant over the last couple weeks. The yep. offense is there. The bottom of the lineup is still a little troubling. But the main guys have carried them. When you have JD and Raphael Devers and Xander Bogarts being great, you can Mm -hmm. get by. Where do you want to put your money here, if at all? Because this is a tight race, and it seems like the Rays the last couple of years have kind of had the Yankees number, and they're able to... You know, I said last year, and I know we did a lot of shows together, but I said going into last year, that season was built for the Rays Mm -hmm. because you knew nobody was going to be able to make big trades and bring in big salaries. And the Yankees weren't going to do that. And the Red Sox were rebuilding. So the Rays had a unique position to really be a playoff team, go to the Mm -hmm. World Series potentially. And I thought that this was just a perfect setup. Now, this year, again, they're not going to be able to do that but they can bring up these kids and they can bring up these guys. The Yankees have had some injuries here. Stan's been yeah. hurt. Uh, we know Luke Voigt was back and then back on the IL. Corey Kluber's going to miss some time tie on. Mm-hmm. We don't know how long he's going to last. There's some issues here with the Yankees. Is it a good wager right now to get in on the Rays? Or do you think the Red Sox are actually more fun considering you're getting a better odds there?
1: So, I believe they're either third or fourth best in the uh, American League in run differential. I, they were at mm-hmm. plus 44, 45, somewhere along those lines heading into the week. Um, and that they can flat out, they can flat out ball. Now, the starting pitching is what everyone is looking and saying, oh, now slow down, right? You got uh, Edward getting crushed a little bit here, Rodriguez. But the bullpen, look what that bullpen has done. Matt Barnes uh, with 12 saves, uh, Garrett Whitman. I mean, I don't know anybody saw the bullpen as possibly one of the strengths of the Red Sox. The starting pitching, I think it's hit or miss, obviously. But with those bats, and the problem that I have with Tampa is they're two different teams home and away. The Mm -hmm. way they win games on the road is not the way they win games at home. So um, I think from a consistency standpoint, and even though their record right now on the road has been absolutely phenomenal... I still think a dark horse here is the Red Sox. I don't want to count out Toronto just yet, but I think the Red Sox will, as long as they can grind away from the starting pitching, what they've been getting from that bullpen and that lineup as good as anybody, I'll put them up against anybody, uh, mm-hmm. including the Astros this week.
0: Well, the interesting thing is the blue Jays are sitting at plus 600. So if mm-hmm. you really want
1: to take the long shot there,
0: Yep. Robbie Ray has been brilliant. All of a sudden, Robbie Ray doesn't walk anybody. I don't know what's happened there. Obviously it's a mechanical fix, whatever it's What's the name on. of that
1: pitching coach? <laughs> I don't know what we got. <laughs> Cause that guy's a, he's a pitching whisperer. Whatever it is, what he's done to Robbie Ray is unbelievable.
0: And Hyunjin Ryu has been good since yes. he came over there too. I mean, he was good with the Dodgers. Everybody wanted to freak out when he went yep. to the American league and he's been very good. The trick is what do you get after those two guys? Now, once again, if Alec Manoa can be that guy, I don't know if he can, but you add in a real legit third pitcher to that rotation. You get George Springer back healthy. Yeah. You want to speculate on the Blue Jays. This is the time because this number can only shrink Joe that in, as far as I'm concerned, This is going to be a really tight race here. And if you like the Jays and you believe in what they can do, yep. and look, they're playing in Dunedin, they're playing in Buffalo. They have no yep. home. It's a fascinating story. Uh the Central, I think we all kind of feel like it's the White Sox to lose. So I don't want to waste mm-hmm. people's time there with that. But I want to talk about the Astros and A's, because they are deadlocked here. Minus minus one eighteen for the Astros, minus mm-hmm. 106 on the A's. Is this even a smart wager? Because I, I look at this and I I think all the pitching that the Astros have shown you Mm -hmm. this year, even despite injuries. And now they got Framber Valdez back. Mm -hmm. I think this is the Astros division to lose personally. I don't even, as much as I think the A's are always there and the A's always show up at the same time, I think you have to acknowledge the Astros still have a very good core offensively. And in terms of the pitching rotation, they have more depth than a lot of other teams. They didn't send Javier to the bullpen now for a little while. That means he's going to be fresh in the second half if they need to call on
1: him. So what's your thoughts on the West in the American league? It, uh, it's interesting because Houston, I, I trust Oakland's bullpen more than I trust Houston's bullpen. I, I think we can probably say at this particular point, looking at, at Pettit and, and Dykeman and Guerrero and what these guys have done for Oakland. I like their bull. Didn't start off great against Houston, by the way. But wouldn't that be a little foreshadowing to what we're going to anticipate here at the end of the, uh, end of the season where these two are going to be doing battle? The starting pitching... All right, I give the nod obviously to uh, to Houston. I think both teams uh, they hit to contact. These aren't teams that are going to these guys aren't going to walk a lot. These guys are, are going to put the ball in play, which seems to be uh, what a lot of pitchers are preferring to uh, do this year is pitch to contact because they're not, they don't seem too worried about uh, barrels hitting the balls here these days for some reason. There, Joe, it's uh, it's interesting. So instead of strikeout, uh, home run, or walk. Uh, pitchers seem to be saying, All right, go ahead, put the ball in play here, and let's see what happens. No, we'll it's because of the chances.
0: shift. You put the ball in play. I got 12 guys in one spot where you hit. Don't it. have to strike out. Don't have no. to strike
1: out. Just got to no. get you to swing at my pitch, which both of these teams do. I think huge run potential from both. I would give the nod to the A's right now just because okay. I, Bassett, I mean, you look at the names here, what Cole Irvin, Bassett, uh, Manea, you go through, you're like, hey, There. They're solid. Nothing's going to wow you, but I, I think both are very comparable offensively. I do like Oakland A. I like that bullpen a little bit more for uh, for Oakland, and what an interesting okay. ballpark they're still playing in.
0: Oh, uh, interesting is a nice word for <laughs> I've been there. I've seen a baseball game in Oakland. It is yep. the absolute worst. It is the biggest dump, and I yep. used to go to games all the time in the old vet, which was also mm-hmm. an epic dump. Not even close. This nope. is the worst baseball place ever and i hope they go play somewhere else someday in a better spot let's talk about some national league division Mm -hmm. winners uh the central just got real interesting with that jack flaherty injury because he is going to miss some time after flaherty in that Mm -hmm. rotation i got concerns they're at plus 130 the brewers who i was all in on Mm -hmm. oh my god the beginning of the year i wanted nothing but brewers all along Mm -hmm. then the yelich back injury creeps up and i I, and i'm jumping ship and i said well i can't do it anymore i'm out they're yep. a plus 130. The Cubs had an epic month of May, somehow Ooh. worked themselves into relevancy. They are a plus 400. I got to say, the Flaherty injury has thrown a wrinkle here of epic proportions. And if St. Louis doesn't make a move for a means or a Matthew Boyd or somebody like that, they're in a little bit of trouble here right now because I don't know how much they can sustain with the guys they've got in that rotation. But the Brewers have a three that nobody else can match outside of probably the Dodgers in the National League or maybe the Padres, too, if every Blake Snell can find himself again. Uh, but uh, the yeah. Brewers have something special here with these three arms. What do you want to do here? Is this a stay away? Do you have a favorite here in the Central? What does this
1: look like to you? I, I think the Cardinals, and I think we talked about this a, ahead of time, I think the Cardinals are overrated to begin with. I think their offense is overrated. Uh, there was a lot of questions about Arenado when he came into uh, the season ride. Right? You know, the whole curse of, you know, has he got that Colorado Rocky swing kind of thing where it works great in Colorado, but when he's out there, uh, he has been good. Uh, but I don't trust Martinez. I mean, outside, you mentioned Flaherty, who was also – I, and I hate to break this to Cardinals fans. I mean, I had faded him against uh, Bauer there uh, because he, he's due for some regression here. guys. Oh, yeah. it's Six gonna and o, come It was going to come
0: like you knew it too was many hard happen.
1: hit right. the, uh, too many hard hit too many barrels on the ball mm-hmm. started to walk more guys than what we would like to see for a guy that's going to give up. He's a fly ball pitcher who's going to give up home runs. Um, so it was coming. I think they did an amazing job of winning and scoring runs for him when he did pitch thus far, but I think that was coming. And then after that, I, yeah, what, uh, 85-year-old, uh, what, Wainwright? Like, you got who can only pitch at home. You better only schedule Wainwright and Bush because oh, yeah. he can't pitch anyplace else. So, um, to me, you mentioned it. Only the big three that I I will refer to, and I know you're talking about Woodruff and you're talking about uh, Peralta and, of course, uh, Burns. But talk to me about Suter, Devin Williams, and Hayter. You give me a lead when I get into the sixth inning, guys. It's over. Uh, It is over. And, yes, I think uh, the Adams trade uh, with Tampa a couple of weeks ago, fantastic for them, too. Um, Yeah, well, they need more offense. They did did not do enough
0: this offseason to surround. And, and again, Trey Mancini was the guy, I said, at the beginning of the year, that should be your number one target. As soon as he shows he's healthy, go out there, overpay for him. You know, you can play first base, you can play the outfield, you can move him around if Yelich isn't good. You all of a sudden surround Yelich with a little bit more protection. I mean, what more do you want this guy to do? It's a very difficult spot there. I don't understand how, I mean, Vegas is very smart. Smarter than me. Obviously, that's why they build all those hotels. Here's my question to you. The Mets have been favorites since the get-go, for the most part. They've had the worst string of luck. They've even Mm -hmm. had DeGrom miss time. Noah Syndergaard has been shut down. Carrasco hasn't thrown a pitch this year. And there's still a consensus minus 225 minus 225. How in the hell is that possible to win the East? The Braves are plus 280. I know they lost Ozuna. Right. And and I get it. Like the Mets are built well. They have depth. Yes. And this is the first time a Mets team has had depth. You've seen Kevin Pillar, Jonathan VR. You've seen uh, all these guys step up into this void. And these are real major league players for a chance yep. a- and for a change. And that's something the Mets have not done a good job with historically on their bench of having. They have that. It's showing they're still winning games despite that. But yep. should they be these kind of prohibitive favorites right like now? I mean, I'm a Mets fan. Maybe I'm just self-loathing. But to me, a plus 280 on Atlanta, how do you not kind of jump in on that? I just I just don't get it. Do you see the
1: Mets winning this division? I absolutely do. And, okay. and I'll tell you why. And I don't think they're as crazy. I think it, it's more an indictment on what the market thinks of the Phillies the Marlins, mm-hmm. um, the Nationals. Like, go down the list here. Uh, I well, think I think we it, can forget the Nats. After, after the Steven Nats. Strasburg
0: yes. last night, I think we mm-hmm. can finally say, you know what, I think that's $200 million that was not well spent. That's I think we I'm can move on done. from that. Yeah. Yes,
1: and I think uh, a lot of med fans, and you notice, uh, how much money did you spend for Lindor? Uh, <laughs> between McCam, Lindor. But uh, to me, the talent is there offensively. And for them, going into uh, this week, I think going into uh, Monday night, into Memorial Day on the 31st to end the month of May. You're talking about a Mets team with all that injuries and everyone's for the last couple of weeks. Who the hell is this player? How are right. they gonna score a run? They're five games over five hundred. It's crazy. It's yeah. nuts. So if they're doing it, if they can sustain uh that when all the chips are against them and they're losing guys, now they got Alonzo back. What's he do? First game back, he's yeah. he's mashing the ball all over the place. Solidified middle of that order. I still like the bullpen. Obviously I you know the starting pitching the two guys at the top there between Stroman anybody see Walker having the kind of year he's wow, having? Wow that's
0: the guy and I love that signing I thought that was low key one of the best yep. signings of the off season he was very good last year for Toronto. Nobody seemed Woo. to care or notice. Yeah, and this exactly. was a player people forget was a very highly thought-of prospect back in the yep. Seattle days. Go it was him and Danny Holzen. Remember, they were gonna change the <laughs> Seattle rotation. <laughs> and here we go, all these years later, like 10 years now. Yep. There's there's Taiwan Walker finally putting it together. All right, before we get to AONL winners and World Series, I want to ask you about the West, because the Dodgers are still prohibitive favorites, minus 220. Uh, The Padres' consensus number is plus 175. You know, I know the Padres are like this volatile stock because, you know, Tatis is so good and and Machado is so great, but then they've had some guys who have been struggling. Tommy Pham just started to hit. Mm -hmm. Blake Snell's got a five and a half ERA, but you, Darvish, and Joe Musgrove have been great. It has been all over the place. You never know what you're going to get from Paddock. Is it safe to say that it's still the Dodgers, they're still the favorites, and it's probably still not the best way to make money? Or do you see the Padres maybe finding a way to somehow put all these pieces together and actually make a run here as we get to the last two thirds of the season?
1: I think um I, I think all the money if you were gonna bet in a West would be fading the Dodgers, who I think have uh we knew were they going to win 108 games, I mean, what was the uh, the preseason win uh, total? It was obnoxious. around
0: 108 or something.
1: What, it, was, like, it was absurd,
0: 105, 108. Yeah, it was something crazy like that.
1: It's not going to happen. They've had to deal with some injuries. They just get Mookie Betts back, obviously. That lineup and the names in it are starting to be more uh, familiar, but they certainly don't have that same kind of feel that they did uh, last year, which I think is is acceptable because now that they've won it, they've been there and done that, they understand it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. The interesting teams there, of course, I don't think anybody saw the Giants uh, and the top end of that rotation yeah. doing what they did. I still don't like the bullpen all that much. Uh, but, you know, between Crawford and Longoria and these guys that all of a sudden are, you know, they're doing some pretty special things right now, getting enough run support, the ballpark that they play in. But it's the Padres to lose, as far as I'm concerned mm. here. Listen, Snell, granted, you're going to get three innings, th- the best three innings with only six walks out of him <laughs> ever. It's going to be fantastic, Joe. So, well, you know, it's right? funny because you look at the
0: second, <laughs> you know, and this is where the fantasy nerd me comes out a little bit. Right. Because you look at some of the deeper numbers and you say – well, the FIP is much better than ERA. Mm -hmm. That's going to start to marginalize a little bit. He's never been a guy who's going to, you know, you know, throw complete games. That's not his deal, but I'm with you. I think the Padres are dangerous and I think, you know, it's, it's chasing. Chasing makes you dangerous when you're the team that's chasing, when you're being chased, when you're at the top of the mountain, it it takes a lot, you know, those teams that are great perennially, it is tough, man, because everybody's gunning for you and the Padres are gunning for him. And I think the Padres will be aggressive and continue to add pieces how many
1: people even knew? Okay, um, they Machado wasn't playing for the last month. Like I, most people didn't even yeah. realize he wasn't even in the lineup. And now Tatis, obviously, hopefully he'll be able to get back. But now you got Machado back in that lineup there. They're uh, dangerous. They're they dangerous. are. Will They are. Woo! Good luck. And All wait right, till Lamette gets back. <laughs> uh, wait yeah. till they get back with that.
0: Uh hey. let's let's get to the uh the American League and National League winners here. Right mm-hmm. now, the American League uh favorite is the Chicago White Sox, as they should be. They mm-hmm. look this they've got the rotation, they've got the offense. At some point, theoretically, they're gonna get Aloya Menez and Luis Robert back for the playoffs. Theoretically, right now. They have the bullpen, they have all the pieces, and they got a little swagger. You know, yep. Tim Anderson, those guys, they've got a little bit of that swag, and I think that is great. Mercedes has been terrific for them. Abreu is, you know, coming off an MVP caliber season. I think Tony LaRusso is the only thing that could be their undoing. I know that sounds crazy. great. <laughs> like, I, I love this plus 275. The Yankees are a plus 390. The Rays yep. are a plus 450. The Astros are a plus 750. There's only two wagers I like. And it's the Astros at 750, which everyone's going to hate because there's that negative energy about them that people don't want to see them. I don't care if you want to see them or not. Pitching's going to win out and they've got pitching and they've got depth and they've got a chip on their shoulder also, which is kind of fun. So for me, it's the Astros and it's the White Sox. Do you see anybody else in this mix where you would want to put money on at this stage in the season, even though it's very early?
1: So it's interesting because we all know in in the marketplace, right, two teams that are always going to be overinflated in the market, Yankees and the Dodgers, right, always. So the fact that we can get the Yankees at what, plus four, plus 400, plus 390 somewhere in that ball of fame. If you are of the mind that Yankees, um, Hermann getting back into it, get back looking better and better each outing, right, at the top with Garrett Cole, the bullpen just – just flat-out balling, just exactly what you thought. Uh, If you believe the pitching is going to maintain and the bats are going to come around, then at plus 400, plus you're going to get 4-1, to I'll take the Yankees. I'll take the Yankees. Now, I would have never taken them uh, prior to season, but I think much like an in-game live betting type of situation, Joe, where the Yankees... uh, Exactly, and I think the bats are going to come around... They're going to start mashing and destroying people. And then that bullpen is going to go to work where they're going to win them a lot of uh, games late uh, as the season moves on. And then we're all going to sit here in a couple of months, be like, how did we not choose the Yankees at four to one? Uh, Look, I think
0: this is the time, Mm -hmm. if you like the Yankees, Zach Britton making his rehab start just 15 minutes from my house in Somerset for the double-A Yankees. Can't believe they're double-A Yankees now. Crazy. 15 minutes from my house. All right, let's go to the other side. You mentioned about the premium you pay for the Dodgers, plus 170 Mm -hmm. on them. The Padres are a plus 350. The Mets at plus 450. Uh, The Braves are never a good playoff team because they don't play well in short series. They don't match up very well. But if the Mets could get right with Carrasco, Walker, Stroman, DeGrom, that 450 to me, that's the one where, again, I still don't like them to win the division. Somehow I feel like, you right. know, again, maybe I'm just tortured. But it feels like at plus 450, it's kind of like that other equivalent where you look at it and you go, you know, in a short series, this is a team that when they do get healthy, they can create runs. Whereas some teams like the Yankees, they have to hit the home runs. Right. If Lindor can start to be Lindor... And that's starting to happen a little bit. They're a very different team. And I think Jonathan VR is going to play a lot more for this team, even when J.D. Davis comes back. So what are your thoughts here? Do you go for the Padres at 350, the Mets at 450, or the favorite, the Dodgers, or maybe somebody else?
1: I don't think you are going to be able to get – the Padres any better than what you can get them right now. If you did not bet them preseason, right, if you are the believer of Dodgers, I think the team that another one of these plus 350, uh, plus 360, somewhere in that ballpark, uh, pitching, a, the top of the uh, the top of the rotation there. Um, I love you, Darvish at the top there. I love the bats. I think they're going to be able to outscore anybody, even when they're not getting necessarily the best pitching. I think they're going to beat the Dodgers out in the West, and I think as the season progresses, that number is only going to get closer and closer to even money. So uh, I think having the Padres at plus three fifty right now, them and the Yankees. Yeah, uh, preseason you'd have laughed at me and said, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Well. I also wouldn't have been getting that price at uh, preseason. Right. No, so is I think true. now's
0: the time for both. All right. Well, now's the time to go follow Joe Ranieri on Twitter at Joe Ranieri. <laughs> you can go check him out at <laughs> wager talk. And of course on sports grid all the time, all over that network as he should be, because he knows what he's doing and he's fun and he's good people. He's the pride of Florida, Joe. I can't thank you enough. It's always fun. Hopefully we'll get you back on again soon. Talk some more baseball and then football is right around the corner too. We'll get you around for that. My friend, thanks for the time. We
1: appreciate it. I appreciate it. Best of luck. Cash from tickets.
0: There you go. Cash away. That'll do it for us. But the story of the game goes on for one Joe. This is the other Joe. We'll see you next time, kids.